0: The following sermon is from Faith Bible Church, located in Murrieta, California. More information about Faith Bible Church is available at www.faith-bible.net. Well, you may be seated and allow me to welcome you to uh... Uh, we don't normally come to Col Canyon. We on Sunday on Easter will be at back at Murrieta Valley High School. Our services are 8, 9:30, and 11 a.m. That is correct. So just checking to make yep. sure you knew. Okay. So yeah. So uh, we hope you join us there uh, for Easter. And now you and I were talking about we Easter, will. and I, I think you should share it. Like
1: how share my story. Yeah. So growing up. What did you think Easter? How, how's your view of Easter changed John over time? John prompted me with this this past week, so I had to think through it. But I can't get around what Easter was for me as a child. Right? This is what it was. This. Now, this is like pre seven or eight years old. Well, maybe up till 10, eighteen, to 11, 20, twelve, yeah. fifteen. Okay. Yeah. We would all. So I always looked forward to the Easter basket, and my parents would hide them for each one of the kids. There was three of us around our house, and on Easter morning. My goal was to find my hidden Easter basket, get my candy so that I could have it throughout the day. So I'd want to get it before I go to church. Yeah, because who wants church without candy? (laughs) Did anybody else have that tradition? (laughs) Oh, some are willing to join me. Thank you. It's a little more than first service, actually. I feel like so pagan by, by sharing this story. Anyways, I, so, but there's been a progression, John. I, I'm not still excited about candy as a number one thing, although mm. candy's good, right? Mm. Am I right, John? I, 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 I John here likes that. his candy. <laughs> 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 um, but I was, I was going to share because it's, you, you go on a journey, right? Even as a worship leader, I think a lot of times when I approach Easter, the thing that I'm most impressed by when I look back at the Easter's behind me And then now, because I've spent so many Easter's behind me as a believer in Jesus and worshiping him with the body of Christ, that is what I look forward to, standing with the body of Christ. Because, of course, the most important thing of our Easter celebration is the resurrection, that we've been brought from death to life. But there's something so unique when we get to do that as believers. We stand alongside of one another, and we praise him, and we hear his word preached, we hear that gospel message. Of the hope of the resurrection. To say that now, some 2,000 years after the event took place. That, that is our hope. And I was reminded, uh, for me, Easter went to a whole new level. Because of that reality that the believer in Jesus goes from death to life. On an Easter about four years ago, we were over at Bella Vista. Some of our praise team may remember this. I got a phone call right before services started. That a friend of mine who had been battling cancer for three years... Um, I'm going to get emotional. I didn't get emotional earlier. I thought I could make it through. He uh, He went home to be with Jesus right there on Easter morning. And I seriously thought that I was not going to be able to get up front and lead praise because I was so emotional over his passing, a man who loved Christ and gave himself to ministry in the church, loved other people. And I was just so overwhelmed. But then I thought, man, isn't that appropriate, right? We celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday, and my friend was celebrating it anew, risen from this life, uh, from the the dead body that he had here to new life in Christ and that forevermore. So for me, I always remember that. And so I have to remember that for myself even as I think about having hope in Jesus because I too in him will raise victorious. Amen. Yes. (laughs) And that is
0: why we're gathered together. Let me lead you in prayer. Father, thank you. For the great, awesome, staggering weight of love we, you have for us through Jesus Christ. That we can gather together and sing praise to you is nothing short of uh, just awesome. Lord, we are debtors. We don't understand half of the sins we have committed against you. But the little bits we see gives us enough knowledge to know that you are right and just to condemn us to hell lord that your judgments are perfectly righteous altogether and so lord that makes the mercy we find through jesus christ um, all the more staggering and amazing and beautiful and wonderful because we know we don't deserve mercy uh, and yet, we find it through your Son Jesus. We are gathered here today together because of how great your mercy is, because of how great of a God you are. We want to worship you, Lord, with our singing, with our with our lives, uh, for all of it to be a living testimony to your greatness. We ask this in your Son's name, Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but growing up, I knew what Easter was all about. It was the chocolate and the eggs and the bunnies and all of that. And uh, over time, I learned that Easter was about Jesus. I was taken to church enough to know that. Uh, but Good Friday was always a mystery to me. like, why is it Good Friday? and if you're here and wondering that, it's entirely okay and kind of normal, because this is not like the major holiday you, you know, hear a lot about. Uh, it's just, it's not federal, it's, it's not known, and many people don't go to church for it. So if this isn't normal for you, if you're maybe brought here by friend, by family, or by your parents, and you're wondering, why are we here for Good Friday, and what makes Good Friday good... Just know that's a totally normal question. He might be asking it now. (laughs) So if you're wondering what makes Good Friday good, here is what Good Friday is. We can all see what he's doing. No, they're gone. All right. Here is what Good Friday is. Good Friday is the celebration of the last day of Jesus's earthly life. I say that again, Good Friday is the celebration of the last day of Jesus' earthly life. But why is it good? If you just think about this day, it is isn't an unusual day. Uh, not just because it's the last day of his life, but just so you know, for the setting, it started with a meal. The day starts with a meal, not breakfast, but dinner. Because in biblical times, days began at nightfall. So it starts off with what's now called the Last Supper, and it's his final meal with his disciples. Uh, They would gather together for one final meal. Over the last year, Jesus had been traveling with with his disciples. He'd been telling them again and again, five times actually, five separate occasions, he says, guys, I'm going to die. I'm going to be put to death. I'm going to die. Uh, And I had a grandmother who actually said this to me 15 years running this is going to be the last time you see me, you know. <laughs> next year, this, is, this may be the last time we see each other. And after a while, you're like, okay, Grandma. But that's not what was happening, right? Because the Scripture records when Jesus would say, they're going to kill me, the disciples either wouldn't understand him or they simply would say like, nah, you're wrong. They, they would not believe him. And so when they get together, Jesus says that this meal... This is our last meal together. Uh, and as they eat that meal, Jesus' final day begins. And I can tell you, it was not the meal that made it a good day. Because it was just a normal Passover meal. What's called a Seder today, some uh, wine, some unleavened bread, some, probably some olive oil, some lamb. Uh, and it was a commemorative meal from when God redeemed Israel out of Egypt. And when he saved them from slavery... And it was a meal where a a spotless lamb would be slain and offered to God and then a portion sent home. And it was to remind them of their redemption from slavery. That was the, the final meal that they had. But it was a meal at which one of the guys who's at the meal gets up and leaves to go betray Jesus. This is Judas. He had lived the last three plus years alongside of Jesus, traveling with him, sleeping next to him, seeing and watching everything that he did, being taught by him, and over that time decided, I am, you know, I I don't value this man and what he's saying enough, and decides to turn Jesus in to to the religious leaders who wanted to kill Jesus. So he negotiates 30 pieces of silver in advance, and during the meal he says, this is the chance, this is my opportunity. Excuses himself with Jesus' knowing permission, and goes to betray Jesus. Again, not a good meal to start off with, but that is the time actually when once Judas is left, Jesus goes with the rest of the disciples, and he celebrates what now we take as communion. He, he passes around the bread, the cup, and he reminds them, he says, hey, I want you to continue to take these things when you gather together to remember that this is a sign of my coming sacrifice for your sins. And from that meal then, they get out of there, they head to the Mount of Olives, like not far away, to the Garden of Gethsemane, which is kind of a grove of olive trees where Jesus goes to pray. Disciples go with him, but it's late and their stomachs are full. So naturally, they do what most of us do when you go to pray, and it's late, and your stomach is full, and they fall asleep. And Jesus wakes them, and they fall asleep, and he wakes them, and they fall asleep. Jesus, on the other hand, is not sleeping. He is praying, praying aggressively, praying vigorously, pleading with the Father for more than three hours. This is the only point in all of Scripture that you hear Jesus say this thing, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. In fact, the Gospel of Luke records that Jesus is under such extreme stress that he's sweating profusely, that the capillaries on his skin actually are bursting, and the blood and sweat are commingling and they're flowing together as he prays. And still the disciples sleep until an angry mob approaches, led by Judas, and Jesus wakes them up. And after a brief exchange where Judas kisses him, signifying this is the one for them to take. Jesus allows himself to be led away by those, that group to the chief priests. And it's just after midnight at this point. And from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m., Jesus bounces from mock trial, sham trial to, to sham trial, being assaulted, accused, and abandoned. And you have to ask at the halfway point of the day, what about this day is good? Why are we calling this Good Friday? Because right now, 6 a.m., he's been betrayed. He's been brought to the lowest point of his life, abandoned, denied by Peter, falsely accused by many, and violently abused. So what makes this Good Friday? About 6 a.m., he stands before Pontius Pilate. Uh, Peter has already fled with bitter tears. Judas is feeling remorseful and planning his own suicide. And though Pilate can find no fault with Jesus, he also can find no way to release him. And so he tries to maneuver politically for about four hours, finding different ways to release Jesus with no success. So after Jesus has been scourged, then Pilate condemns him to death. And within the next hour, Jesus is led through the streets, carrying his own cross until he's physically unable to any longer. He's then stripped nailed to a cross, and hung between two thieves to slowly die. Uh, Crucifixion is a death by way of asphyxiation, a painful way of that, by suffocation. And to gain breath, you have to torture yourself by pulling yourself up till you can't take it anymore. And so while he's writhing on the cross, the Jewish leaders are gathered around, and they're mocking him. Passersby come, and they jeer at him. And Jesus prays. He prays that God would forgive their foolish taunts. And and then he goes silent. Actually, from 12 noon to about 3 p.m., he's silent, and darkness covers the land. Uh, And it seems to be that this is actually the point that Jesus has been most dreading. Because it is during this stretch of time that Jesus endures something that is utterly foreign to him. It is at this point that the eternal Son is temporarily separated from the Heavenly Father. For three hours, the infinitely glorious Jesus Christ endures all of the pain, all of the suffering and wrath of, of God and by God that would be poured out upon millions of people For an eternity in hell. You think back. Jesus could speak of his coming death. Without anxiety or fear. He kept telling his disciples about it. But even the idea of separation was agony. This is why he was sweating blood in the garden. And it's amazing. This is the one who rose Lazarus from the dead. The one who could command angels. And he's choosing to willingly endure God's terrible wrath for all of our sins. At 3 p.m., Jesus declares, it is finished. And after a final prayer, Jesus breathes no more. At the moment of his death, an earthquake shakes the region, tombs are opened, and the veil, the heavy curtain that separates the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple is torn from top to bottom. People are kind of wondering what happened. But by 4 p.m., everyone's mind is on the Sabbath. There's um, the guards come. They break the legs of the criminals next to Jesus. They see that Jesus has already died, so they puncture his side to be sure. And shortly after, Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the ruling uh, priests and a secret follower of Jesus comes. He claims the body. He lays it in a tomb nearby that he owns. By 7 p.m., the day's over. There's guards guarding the tomb. The disciples are hiding. Everyone's home for the Sabbath, and the Jewish leaders are congratulating themselves on a job well done. And you just wonder, what makes this Friday so good? Because if somebody celebrated your brother's death every year and called it Good Thursday, You wouldn't be that happy about it. So why do we call it Good Friday? Romans chapter 5 answers that question. Verses 6 to 9, 6 to 10. Romans chapter 5 verse 6. While we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The day of Jesus' death was one of the longest The most painful, the most dreaded, the most terrible days in Jesus' entire earthly career. By any account, it is the worst day he ever had or will have. But for every person who's hoped in Jesus, from Eve all the way to today, this is one of the best days in history ever. Right? Because of Romans 5, 6. While we were helpless at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. It is unbelievable. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We call today Good Friday because this is the day that Jesus paid for all of our sins, for all of time, three Long, horrible hours of furious, violent condemnation by the one to whom Jesus had enjoyed unbroken unity and fellowship since before time began. Incredible, staggering that this happened. But even more, that every person who confesses and repents of their sins, Jesus' death on the cross is applied to their entire life. From the very day they were born to the day of their death, all of it covered by his death on the cross. Even if you were hostile to a God, even if you were engaged in evil to this very hour, Jesus stands ready to forgive you and to reconcile you to God the Father so that you can enjoy fellowship with him, joy everlasting, rather than the fiery condemnation we all deserve. That's what makes Good Friday great. Because God is ready to forgive everyone who puts their hope in Jesus' death alone. And and we're here gathered for that very reason. Because many in this room have that very hope. And we celebrate Good Friday because it's like the best day ever. To remember every year why we have life. Why we're reconciled to God. And we're praying for those who don't know that forgiveness that you would tonight. That you would understand the gospel. We're gathered here to worship because of the overwhelming gratitude of his grace towards us. Because we were blind and now we see. Right? We were dead and now we live. We were slaves. And now we're free. And though none of us deserve it, Jesus died. He suffered in our place and he died. So we could be reconciled to the Father. And that is our prayer for every person here tonight and that is why Good Friday is good. It's so good. Because the Father gave His Son to bring us all to glory. Let me pray. Father, thank You for the amazing gift we have in Jesus Christ. The One who died in our place paying a price we could never pay fully. Lord, whose imputed his punishment, Lord, to us, who's paid for our sins, who's taken all of our guilt upon himself and given to us his righteousness. Lord, that is incredible, unbelievable that you, while we were helpless, while we were enemies, you sent your son to live and die for us. And we have hard hearts stiff necks, veiled eyes until you open us to see the, the glorious truth, this forgiveness in Jesus Christ for a lifetime of sin and rebellion. Lord, we're gathered here today in worship of you, not to earn your forgiveness, but just in adoration and thankfulness in gratitude for the debt your Son has paid for us, knowing that these Songs are just shadows and whispers of the true glory you deserve. Knowing that our lives are still not what they could be for your glory. But they're, they're being transformed. They're being brought into obedience to you and your word. And when they fail, Lord, we, we hope only in Jesus in nothing else. He alone is our hope. He alone is our righteousness in life and in death. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Sermon audio from the last three years is available by podcast and a larger archive from Chris Mueller and Faith Bible Church can be found at media.faith-bible.net. And if you would, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a lot. Thanks, and have a great day.